if you really think about it, they're like these pieces of glass that have computers that are more advanced than the president of the United States did that than the president of the United States had 20 years ago. And there are these pieces of glass that emit different colored LED lights that we receive from our eyes to emulate sort of the digital world. What I think is going to happen is there is not going to be a separation between the digital world and real life. You're listening to the Humans That Game podcast. Super excited about this week. Before I dive into the guests specifically, though, I just want to give you a bit of background on where I came from because I think it's going to help with context in this episode. So back in back in college, maybe junior year, I had a coach that later became my mentor, later became um, a guy that I want to say co-founder, but he really wasn't a co-founder, just someone that mentored me um, on my on my journey as a first-time entrepreneur. His name was Kendrick. Um, and I remember him like just sitting me down and explaining the differences between virtual reality and augmented reality and mixed reality and talking about internet of things and artificial intelligence and mach- machine learning and all these different things. Um, it really opened my eyes, one, to entrepreneurship, but also technology. And later on, um, he's one of the first, one of the reasons why I started working with a virtual reality startup and a wearable tech startup at the same time. So I took both of those positions. And then maybe six to eight months later, I decided to launch my own thing. And I had no idea what I was doing, like absolutely no idea what I was doing, but I was building a simulation um, within virtual reality. Essentially, you walked in a coffee shop and you ordered in Spanish. That's about as far as we got. That company failed within six months because, again, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But even since then, like I've stayed up to date with just what's going on in the realm of technology and all these different things. So today's guest specifically is an incredibly talented futurist. I'm not considered if he would give himself that title. I'm not sure if he would give himself that title, but incredibly talented futurist. He's the host of a top 100 podcast, Humans 2.0. He's also a really, really good friend. But in this episode, we we talk about everything from, from gaming uh, to mobile gaming to technology to mental health and all these different realms. And it's just super exciting for me because I don't get to talk about it a lot because I am in the personal branding and marketing space. So just a very, very fun episode for me. He's also just a really good friend. We're going to be on the Amazon Prime docu-series, TV series called The Social Movement, which essentially is um, – it's centered around entrepreneurs. So you've got four days to solve a social problem. So think racism, think um, hurricanes, think illiteracy, things like that. So our team specifically, I'm the captain of that team, has four days to solve um, a social problem, which I will announce at a later time. But it's just super, super exciting. And Mark's someone that I wanted on my team because he's intelligent. He thinks differently than me. And he's really good at taking ideas to the next level. So I'm excited about this episode and to dive into um, just everything Again, like there's not even a specific topic for this, but everything from gaming to like mental health, I think it'll be a really good episode for those of you listening. And I was just on a podcast recently as well. Uh, I've kind of taken a break from just guest appearances and things like that so I can focus on my own stuff and my own mental health. But um, I decided to do this one for a friend and I was telling him like, this is this is the most alive that I've felt in a very long time. And it's because of the Humans at Game podcast, because I'm talking about video games. I'm talking about esports. I'm talking to people in video games and esports and talking about technology. And I feel so, so alive. So I'm super thankful for you guys and listening to this and all of the feedback. I've already had people like reach out like, hey, like how can I get involved with this? Like, yo, you should interview this person or you should talk to this team owner or whatever it is. There's just been so, so many amazing things happening and so much great feedback. Um, And 
criticism as well that I'm just super, super, super thankful for. So again, I'm excited about this episode. And again, it's about everything um, under the sun, but it is a really good starting point and uh, a good, we painted a good picture of what could happen in the future with esports and with video games. And I'm super excited about that, um, just that future in general. So also for those that you for those of you that don't know Mark specifically, he built a six-figure business back in the day. He was still a teenager on YouTube. Just it was a it was a gaming YouTube channel, Minecraft, and all these different things. Six figures, and we talk about community and how he went about doing that, how he monetized that, and also like the the negative effects that happened because he wasn't ready for that, but also the positive things that happened because of that. Um, so just super excited about this episode. And again, if you guys have anyone that you want to see me interview, me interview, let me know. I've got a streamer coming up. I've got someone that works for Game Informer, trying to get into a few esports teams right now. I've got a meeting on Tuesday. So super excited about all of that coming up. Anyone that you want to see me interview, let me know. Shoot me a message on social. Um, and then of course, if you could, if you're listening to the show, leave a review, that would be radical. But I hope you enjoy this episode. What's going on? So I am I'm super 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 excited about this episode one because I already know it's going to be totally freaking weird uh, because I've got <laughs> Mark Metry on here. But two, I know there's going to be a bunch of value. And three, like Mark literally when he sent me this message that he wanted to be on the show, he's like, I know nothing about esports, but I am a big <laughs> big gamer, and he's someone that I look up to immensely, someone that I keep learning from, and someone that is in the technology space and just has so 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 much value. So. Um, Mark Metry, I'm not. I'm not even going to try to give you an intro. I just want you to introduce yourself. Tell everybody like what you're doing now, and then we'll dive into um, what this podcast is actually about: esports, yes. video games. And I know we'll probably go off on tangents throughout the entire episode, but take it away, Ben. Of course, man. First off, thank you so much for having me, man. It's so cool to, you know, be in a space where you know something new and uh, experimental is happening, rather than just being stuck and, you know, sort of a uh, a structure, a, a certain order. And, you know, I know whenever I'm in kind of one of these spaces, I just find out new things about myself and I'm always able to look back and be like, damn. Um, but, you know, for people that don't know me, which is like everyone, but uh, my name is, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but um, my name is, <laughs> my name is uh, Dude, Mark Dude, don't, don't, don't do that, man. Okay. I'm going to give you a quick intro. Mark Metcher is a freaking beast and has an amazing social presence. Top 100 podcast called Humans 2.0. People do know him. A lot of people freaking know him. So don't say that. <laughs> Thanks, man. And and yeah, I mean, so do yeah. So most people know me for the podcast. Um, I also run a business. I'm a speaker. Recently, um, signed on to be with Q on uh, the social movement, this Amazon Prime uh, docu series. Um, I'd recently just started to make music. I'm currently right now in the middle of writing a book um, around kind of social anxiety and mental health and kind of transformation. And yeah, I mean, I could say a thousand things, but really kind of like my moonshot, like, you know, what I, at least for now, you know, I really want to be a big contributor in uh, things that I really suffered from growing up, like social anxiety, mental health, physical health. I want to be just like a massive voice for that because I don't really see anybody 
sort of like me at my age that just kind of looks like me, my ethnicity that has similar thoughts that, you know, wants to do what I want to do. Um, and so, you know, if I get there or not, it, it's a good game either way. And, you know, I got to enjoy the, uh, the present moment, even if it isn't so great sometimes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's what I do, man. <laughs> no, dude, I love it. And I, you really are doing some incredible things, man. You're impacting a lot of people. Before we get into like the now, and because I know you're doing some cool things in virtual reality. You talk about some cool things in virtual reality, augmented reality, honestly, just futurism in general. Before that, mm. um, I know where you come from. Uh, so can you just talk a little bit about that and like building the business online and making money as a young person, um, mm. honestly, playing video games? Yeah, definitely. So... So I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, East Coast. My parents came to America just a couple years before I was born from Egypt uh, with my sister. And, um, you know, really kind of humble beginnings. Like my parents came here with like $200 in their pocket, didn't speak a word of English. And, um, you know, they just kind of came to give me and my sister and, and you know my family a better opportunity. Um, you know, they were... Um, I mean, they are rather, uh, you know, a minority in, in Egypt when it comes to, um, you know, religion. And so there's been, uh, you know, quite a bit of uh, strife there. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I live here and it's something I thank um, the universe God for every single day. Um, and so, you know, I kind of grew up humble beginnings, humble childhood. Uh, we moved around a ton. I have memories of me as a kid, like, um, like taking newspapers, uh, going to the baseball section, uh, cutting like newspaper figures out, gluing them on other pieces of paper to kind of make like retro baseball cards. I would sell those to make money and then I would buy real baseball cards and I'd also buy Pokemon cards because those were yes. like the, the thing at the time. And, uh, and yeah, and like, you know, from the youngest age, I remember like playing video games. I literally remember um, getting a, a Game Boy like a Game Boy Advance SP. I think that was like my first kind of um, touch. And I played a ton of Pokemon. That was like my main thing. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, I like was a hardcore gamer. Like anytime I was in the car, anytime I had free time, uh, I would just, you know, play video games. And, um, and yeah, and so, you know, for me growing up, uh, probably around like, mm, like third grade, I kind of began to develop some uh, physical health issues, um, which a lot of people call today like autoimmune. So and a lot of kids have them, things like uh, ADD, asthma, issues with my gut, my skin, issues with sleeping, um, my energy in return uh, was greatly affected. And so I was just kind of a kid that didn't really have any energy growing up. And and so when that begins to happen, um, you know, you also mix in some other environmental factors like, you know, for example, uh, a school I ended up settling down in was outside of the city, was outside of Boston, kind of in like Western Mass and um, super small town, 5,000 people and uh, absolutely zero diversity. And so I was basically the only person uh, in that school except for like a couple other families that just wasn't white, that looked different. Uh, and so, you know, combining a lot of those things, you know, I definitely had my fair share of um, you know, racism and, and bullying and, and a lot of these things. And, you know, looking back at it now, what, what really happened is I just kind of put myself in like this bubble of just like 
like I was the kid in the back of the classroom that didn't talk to anybody that would never make eye contact that would never have any friends that would just kind of walk around uh, on his own. And so, you know, when you're living like that, you know, video games become, you know, sort of your best friend and also at the same time, the internet. And so I have memories of literally me like 11, 12 years old after I saved up enough money to like buy like one of like those mini, like mini laptop netbook things. Mm Uh, just like learning on the internet of like how to code. I began to code websites, began to code apps. I began to go on YouTube and like uh, look up people playing video games because I was like, hey, how do I get better? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, and then I eventually started my own YouTube channel when I was like literally uh, like 12 in like 2009. Um, and I mean, I just got at it. Um, I remember at one point my YouTube channel had like 35,000 subscribers, Mm. um, literally just me playing video games. And and like at first it would just be me playing video games. And then eventually I would commentate over them. Then I began to collaborate with other people and and all this other stuff as like the YouTube that we know of today. And it's so crazy, right? Because I mean, posting videos on the internet was one thing like that seemed back then, like totally insane. Like, like, you know, what do you mean you post videos of yourself and put them on the internet? Like that just seems crazy, but it's another thing to post videos of yourself playing video games. And so people would always ask me whenever I told them in real life about this, they'd be like, dude, what, like, what the hell are you talking about? Why, why the hell would somebody watch somebody else playing a video game? Yet it's like the top category on YouTube today. Um, and so, you know, there was a point where I kind of let the haters get to me and, uh, you know, kind of quit my YouTube channel. Uh, which is kind of like a big regret that I have. Uh, you know, I feel like I could have been like PewDiePie um, in some <laughs> sense. Um, but um, but yeah, and you know, sort of like the next chapter of my life was, um, you know, played a lot of video games. I was really heavy into like Call of Duty. Uh, eventually, a friend of mine got me on this game called Minecraft. And I just kind of played it. We joined some multiplayer servers to play with some of our other friends. And uh, like, I literally remember in like the first week of me playing Minecraft and me going online, I was just like, dude, most of these servers just suck balls and like they're <laughs> laggy, uh, like this, they're not really that fun. And so I just kind of like Googled my way and I started my own server and, you know, I originally started out to just play with my friends. And I mean, you know, long story short, it became the world's number one Minecraft server, literally had up to 10 million people. Um, overall users on our website. I was literally running a staff team of like 40 people. We had like tens of thousands of, of like premium members that were paying uh, to be in our community. I started yeah. making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, really just crazy stuff, literally just from from playing this video game and trying to run a server and trying to help me, you know, manage it and, and stuff like that. So um so yeah, that was like kind of like the early part of my life, man. I mean, I could talk all about it. Usually I'm on podcasts to kind of like talk about <laughs> life and, and mindset and stuff. So that's usually the direction I go. But I mean, what do you what do you think of that? <laughs> you mentioned a lot there. And there's one thing specifically that I wanted to dive into first. Maybe we just use that as a starting point is mm. um, you said at that time, it was super weird, you know, like, whoa, you're yeah. posting videos of you playing a video game. Why the fuck would someone watch it? Why why would someone watch that, you know? Um, and now, like, it's normal. Like, we've got Twitch, we've got Mixer, we've got YouTube, like, all, all these things that people are using. Um, 
it's just that's so weird to me because when i was playing yeah. video games you know like it was like it's kind of taboo like why like wow you play video games i don't want to come out and tell people that you know like oh you played halo mm, right. i don't really want to tell people that because that makes you weird um can you talk a little bit about just that and then kind of like the change that's happened yeah man i mean it's it, it, it's it's like so crazy and um you know honestly like looking back at it now and also just like you know kind of being a student of history and looking at people's perception of technology and what we do i mean this is a very sort of common trend of like something comes out people start doing with something with it there's a certain segment of the population that um most people are like like dude what the hell are you talking about like like <laughs> like this like this just is not sort of incongruent with sort of how we run things in our current society and there's a difference minority segment of the population that realize this and the ones that are not um sort of talked down and and you know whether it's because they just have tunnel vision on or they have belief or they don't end up listening to those people at all you know end up you know becoming successful and you know a lot of the times that success is 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 you know considered like a decade later like that's the biggest mm -hmm. thing and and honestly that's such a big motivator today because it's like a lot of the things that i'm doing right now like are not really um you know super super uh mainstream and you know sometimes you know whether it's with i'm like i'm like at a family gathering and people kind of ask me what i do it it always sort of kind of gets a little bit awkward <laughs> uh, because it's not mainstream yet but it's just like you know, this is just a common theme of, of technology. And it's just like, you know, if you know, you know, there's something that you really love doing and there's not a lot of people doing it, that's probably a big indicator that you should keep doing it. Um, and, you know, as long as it's true to you. And for me, like I, I loved, loved doing that. And, you know, even like, you know, video games at that time was like a, I think it was probably a smaller subsect on YouTube, but I mean, yeah. dude, nobody even knew kind of like what YouTube was like. YouTube was a super, like fringe thing but i mean now it's basically the tv of our society um mm. and so it's just like i've taken that lesson and i apply it to my life every single day because there's no way you know because looking back at it i was like dude i had thirty-five thousand subscribers but i was in it if i kept on going <laughs> dude i could i'm not even like i could have easily easily become like yeah. the next pewdiepie and like, it's kind of looking back at that lesson now, that's kind of enabling me to do a lot of the things that I'm doing today, because I'm like, there's just no way in hell I'm going to drop this opportunity when I have it in my hands. And even if I'm not super successful every single day in the micro, I know in the long term, this is going to pay off uh, exponentially. Um, and so, yeah, that's Dude, it. I love that. And I think it like just video games in general, like it, it's very aligned with what you just said, man. It's like, damn, I got to spend hours grinding one to either learn, um, how to play mm. this or learn the controls or like, damn, just to achieve this, just to unlock this skin or to beat the game, whatever mm. it is. Like it's very aligned with just video games as a whole. Uh, but one thing that you mentioned there, um, and one thing I want to dive into is like the, the monetization piece, mm. um, and the growth piece. And like, I know, like, I know for a fact because it's very much the same for me with like music. Like I learned a lot of what I, a lot of my methodology now and like how I'm growing my business because of music, right? And mm. because of video games as well. But um, how is that, um, how is that impacting you now? And like, what did you learn? Yeah. Like, how did, how did you like, 
how did you making money then make you better now and uh, managing your money now and making money with this podcasting thing now? And like, what are some lessons that you would give back to the people that are listening? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so, so when I was on YouTube, I, for the, if I remember correctly, I was basically on YouTube since like 2009 to 2012. Mm-hmm. And on the tail end of that, um, I ended up becoming a partner with this network called Machinima. I don't know if they're oh, still damn. on. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. You know them, bro. So they were like one of the biggest <laughs> ones. But I was a partner with them, and I started to, you know, make a little bit of money, um, you know, with them then. But it was nothing, you know, really crazy. And YouTube had like at that time, like the whole monetization with Google AdSense was so, so contempl- cont- complicated, and and like just so many different issues happened. Um, but you know, aside from that. I think the big thing that I realized is um, honestly, the biggest thing that I realized is like, you know, as I started my Minecraft server and I sort of began to grow this community, I literally remember the first day when somebody joined. Um, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure like the first day that we started the server, there was nobody there except for me and like some of my friends that already knew. Um, And I remember the, like that same day, I just ended up Googling minecraft servers and i found like a community called like minecraftservers.com and it has like rankings of all the minecraft servers and i submitted my minecraft server into there and i literally remember the first day somebody joined and i remember they they spawned and i was just like yo what's up man and he kind of joined in and 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 you know he just kind of like walked around and just kind of like ran around and did minecraft stuff and i remember um I remember the first thing that he sent me as a message is, do you guys have gym leaders? And what that is, is like, so like my Minecraft server, it was a version that was running off of like a Pokemon world. Yeah. It was like some weird thing. Um, and I remember he asked me like, yo, do you guys have any gym leaders? And for those of you guys that don't know in Pokemon, there are like different gym leaders where you visit a town and there's like, they're basically like the main boss of that town. And if you can go in there and if you can defeat them, you give them, you get, you get a badge. And so this dude walks in and he's like, yo, do you guys have any gym leaders? And I'm like, oh no, we didn't really think, we didn't really think, think that far ahead. <laughs> and he was like, can I be a gym leader? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, come on in. And so I think what that began to teach me, man, is that the power of community, the power of the ability of understanding that you can't do everything yourself and looking towards the community to not just have, you know, roles in sort of, um, I, I don't know, the organization or the Minecraft server or whatever, mm. but to give you ideas, to give you feedback and to be able to listen to them is so, so important. And honestly, man, my like, I don't even think my Minecraft server success had nothing to do with me. I think Mm -hmm. it was largely predominant on me loosely being able to put together a community where people can join. And when they join, you know, there's sort of different, um, different ranks, whether it's a gym leader, other kinds of ranks we had on our server were like helper. So people would literally just walk around helping other people and we would recruit them. (laughs) We would eventually have like moderators and then we eventually had like administrators, admins. Um, And so I think the big thing that I understood to that is like, that's the same way that I'm running my stuff now in terms of like, you have to have people that are either super in line with your mission or if you're just starting out in line with you. 
and to have something to show for it so that they can join and sort of be a part of a platform. And when that happens, they contribute things that, that, that you can't even think of. Like I, I can't even tell you how many different times my server was innovated, was updated from an admin or a moderator or a helper reaching out to me and saying like, yo, we should do this thing this way. We should do that this. Eventually I had like admins creating other kinds of servers and eventually we were like this massive Minecraft network. Mm. Um, And so the biggest thing I think I had to learn is like the power of community and the way that you can have different positions and ranks where people feel like they are sort of together and everyone has a purpose is something that is hypercritical. And if you can get some of like those early adopters, those people that are able to join where you don't really have much of anything set up, but they believe in you, whether it's not because of you or it's because of the platform and you can get them to sort of put in like those extra uh, layers uh, the same way that, you know, as an owner or founder, you have to kind of put in those extra hours. Uh, That has been a lesson that has been infinitely valuable to me and and honestly ever since then i kind of view everything when it comes to like social media and all the stuff the same exact way of just like layers of community and each one of those layers has a pivotal fundamental role in sort of keeping like this whole pyramid uh, afloat and structured if that makes any sense no dude i love that you mentioned that and i i made a video like i haven't talked a lot about my business on this podcast granted i'm only on episode three so <laughs> there's that but um i made a video a while back that was like hey like um so for us like we've got the misfits right and we built our entire thing around like this misfit ideology um but i talk about like my my um, communities that I've built within like gaming communities as well and how they operate mm-hmm. and how you like, you've got the leader, but then you've got the, the specialists under that leader that are really freaking good at something. And they really believe in that leader. And then you've got the people underneath that, um, that are kind of just there, but like they're getting this value from the leader and from these specialists. And then the people on the outside, they see this ecosystem going on and they're mm-hmm. more than likely to jump in. They're more than likely, um, to be involved because of that ecosystem. So just a community aspect, um, whether that's in business or esports sports or video games are just so, so crucial. And I think something that a lot of streamers and a lot of um, YouTubers that don't succeed just don't get right because they're not focused on Mm. the community. They're overly focused on their content, which you should be. It should be good content, but they forget that community aspect. So I love that you mentioned that. It's something that you obviously did well back then, but you're also doing well with like the humans 2.0 stuff, um, with your speaking stuff, with, um, your business as well. So I love, love, love that you mentioned that because it's, it's a crucial part of all video games, man. And all like, um, games that are succeeding in the esports scene as well. Thank you, bro. And, And like, I'll tell you, you know, I probably didn't realize this at the time, but looking back at it, this is kind of what, um, nailed it in the coffin for me of your point on community. I remember, you know, server was at sort of peak height. And I remember I got this message from like this, I think she was like some 14 year old girl. And she messaged me and said, you know, hey, Mark, I just want to say thank you for doing this. uh, I was about to say podcast uh, for doing this uh, server uh, because, you know, my, my parents recently got divorced and this is where I go and talk to all my friends. And so when she said that, that really like clicked it in for me looking back at, at it now. And it's like, like you, like, you know, especially with kind of like this, like these virtual mediums, whether it's 
video games or or YouTube or streamers or LinkedIn or people being a part of a digital community, I think a lot of people don't understand is that you know there are there are many different tiers of how somebody can perceive that you can be just like another avatar you can be just like another username you can be just like another sort of digital face that nobody really knows on a Minecraft server on social media but it's like if you can find ways to get connected and make an emotional bond that person begins to actually store you in their mind as a legitimate person the same way that a real life friend would like i know 100% you know, kind of when I got started on LinkedIn and when when I interviewed you on the podcast, that's the same way I began to view you. And, you know, we've, you know, we've met up, we have, um, you know, we've done speaking together, you know, we're going to be in a project together. And it's just like, I think that's the key when you can get somebody through digital to sort of have like some kind of um, purposeful cognitive real estate in your brain that's the best thing. And if you can bridge that in real life, that's even better. But it's like, that's the key, man. And I do. And like you said, I do the same thing on social media today. And on LinkedIn, it's it's still sort of like the same timeless fundamentals, even though a lot of like online stuff has changed over the years. I love that. I've been obsessed with like this idea of influence. And I, I met Gary Vaynerchuk like briefly recently. Yes. And I was like, why are people so obsessed with him? Not from like, not like a bad way, you know, like, cause I love right. it, but like, I, like really like analyzing that, like, why are people obsessed with him? Why are my knees shaking when I'm talking to this guy? And I thought about <laughs> it and I'm like, damn, I could go back. Um, probably like in college, junior of college where my coach is like, Hey, you should probably check out this guy named Gary V. He does some cool stuff. You probably like it. And since then I looked at his stuff. I went down the rabbit hole. I'm like, damn, I like this. And I started my own company. I failed, started my own a second company. I failed, started this third company. We've been growing, but I, I associate my success in my journey with Gary Vaynerchuk. And it's the same thing. Mm. Like if you're streaming, you're building that channel or whatever it is, like that community aspect, if you can establish that connection with people, you're gonna win. That's when you're gonna, you're gonna find that success Dude. because they're always gonna associate themselves with you. Oh my God. Okay. So first off real quick. Um, I have the same association with Gary V. I literally <laughs> remember sitting my sophomore year in my college dorm room, not knowing what I'm going to do with my life mm. and just like scrolling through Facebook. And then a random Gary V video pops up and I don't know wh what video it was, but it was something like him saying like, like, yo motherfucker, like, are you going to procrastinate again? <laughs> or are you going to fucking do this shit and, and not care about what other people think? And like, I remember when I first saw that, I was like, what the hell is this guy talking to me about? Like, why is he talking to me in that way? Yeah. Um, but as I sort of, as the weeks went on, I was like, oh shit, this guy is actually trying to get me to sort of reveal myself to myself. Um, and so, you know, because of that fact, you know, Gary V has just like a, a forever, a piece of, of my heart. And it's super cool. Next year, I get to speak next to him in Las Vegas, oh, yeah, which dude. is dope. Um, and dude, here's the other thing. Okay, so this is crazy. This literally just happened yesterday. So, so I was on LinkedIn, and um, somebody tagged me in a comment they posted on Gary V's video, mm. and I literally have it in front of me. I pulled it up, and and you know, Gary V was basically was talking about like, cut the bullshit. Like, what is greater in your life than happiness? And like this dude commented that's been listening to my podcast for a while, or actually not even a while, maybe like a month and a half, something like that. Yeah. And he comments below and he says, 
I couldn't even finish this, Gary. As soon as you mentioned health, uh, it, it scared me. And that's exactly that. It took me being diagnosed with cancer and then being abandoned by... Whoo, whew, it's hard to read. Uh, it took me being diagnosed with cancer and then being abandoned during that time by the person who was supposed to love me the most mm. to realize that in the end, it was actually me. Thank you, Mark Metry, for making me realize this through your podcast and so many others and making and turning this lesson into a world making difference. Mm. And so it's like, I mean, dude, it's it's crazy, bro, because I'm at that point where I probably see one of those minimum once a day. Mm. And it's of people that say like these really heartfelt things. And it's people that more importantly, that were just like me. And these people are going to go on to start companies. They're going to go on to be executives at their corporations. And because of that, because they were able to maybe be inspired from a moment, maybe see themselves within me or my podcast or my guest, then they're able to do the same thing on their own and realize that and then do awesome stuff in the world. And so it's like Gary V did it to me. Now I'm doing it to other people. And you know, my, you know, Gary V or maybe a couple of people did it to you. And now you're doing it to other people. And it's like, this is the butterfly effect. This is how the world is actually going to change person by person by person by person, man. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Dude, no, I love that. And I honestly, like we were talking about it a little bit before the show, but, um, and I know you, you feel the same. Like I feel more alive than I ever have just doing this, this podcast. And I, like, I'm my own boss. I do what I want. You know, like I, um, of course, like there's growing pains and stuff that I don't want to do within there, but like this podcast and just doing what I love and getting to build a community around things that I love. Like if more people did that, dude, like the world would be a so much better place, man. Definitely, definitely, dude. And I think, you know, things are going to take time. And I, you know, I think the big thing is that, um, I think the biggest thing that I've had to realize, man, is that like if you are trying to like change something, if you're trying to do stuff, um, kind of like this bigger word, this phrase of like self-development, you can't actually start from self-development. You have to actually start from self-love. Mm. And like, you know, it's like the same thing of like, you're not going to work on something that you don't care enough about. And the key to self-love is self-forgiveness. Because if you never forgive yourself, you can't love yourself. It's as simple as that. And so I think it's super, super important to cut yourself some slack and don't criticize yourself harshly. And, you know, I can tell you a ton of facts that I've heard from from like the world's leading neuroscientists that I've had on my show that tell you this is a part of human nature and there's a part in your brain that shoots out 60,000 thoughts a day. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, I don't really think, you know, we're super meant to um to be happy all the time. Like, you know, the 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 biochemistry behind our existence has not been designed for that. It's been designed for survival and keeping your ass alive. And if it has to sacrifice happiness, if it has to sacrifice loving yourself, forgiving yourself, it'll do that. And so I think it's super important in sort of the modern context where we're not necessarily bound by a lot of these sort of natural issues that are in our world anymore to um to sort of make that priority and to really like clearly understand the stuff because this is a this is a 21st century skill man like it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter what level you are in this video game it doesn't matter how many things you've unlocked it doesn't matter a lot of these superficial outside things it's all about the way that you sort of view your own identity it's all about your sense of 
like, why am I here? Like, why am I even doing this? What's the point of it? And, you know, people can use so many different vehicles to understand that, whether it's growing a community, growing a business, playing a video game. There's just so many different ways to do about it. And so I think a good rule of thumb is just like, don't judge yourself, forgive yourself. And it's not a one-time thing. Forgiveness is a daily practice, a daily ritual. And I know I've talked for a while, but I just want to say one last thing. So I had on uh, two awesome people on my podcast, Vishen Lakiani, the founder of Mind Valley, and Dave Asprey, the founder of Bulletproof. These mm. two guys are super in-depth in like education and science. And what they told me is literally crazy. So they took a monk who's been meditating every single day, like in depth for basically like 10 years and they analyzed his brain. Okay. And so this is just like pure science. This is just like looking at objectively and sort of like the gray matter structure around his brain is completely different versus the average person's brain. And so what they also did was they attached these like certain electrodes, these, the certain brain scanning technology to their own brain. And what they did was they went through a practice of forgiveness, of them going through a meditation visualization where they think of every single person in their lives who they need to forgive and then also themselves and the things that they had to do. And what they found is that, again, just science, scientifically speaking, their brains mirrored the monk's brain that has been meditating for 10 years when the human brain enters into a state of forgiveness. Yeah. And so... I mean, I don't even know how we got started on the subject, but I mean, this is super important, man. It's like, no matter what you do, you kind of got to have like this core love, because if you don't, you're just going to be caught up like too much in the process. You're going to just going to be caught up too much in like hitting that next thing, trying to seek external validation, trying to get to that next level, trying to hit this, trying to hit that, but you don't actually feel it. And so you like, you look back years later and you're like, like, was I even happy doing that? And my, and like, you know, am I even happy now? And so, um, Dude, yeah, man, life that. is interesting. No, I love that. I love, love, love that. And I think it's in, not I think, I know, and I think we all know it's an issue with just social media in general and world in general. And it's um, like the things going on in my life, dude, like thousand percent. Like, it's like, do do I love what I'm doing? Do I love myself? Do I know who I am? So I, I love that you mentioned that. Um, and I, I do want to like um, transition here a little bit and take yes. <laughs> maybe here a little bit, but like um, going to social media, like there's all these people talking about like, yo, got to be on LinkedIn. Yo, like you got to be on TikTok, whatever. Um, and for me, like social media and specifically like the future of social media, like I'm looking at things like Epic Games and what they're doing with Fortnite, you know, and like they're already like these social media platforms. People are already gathering like they were doing in 2012, you know, when you were on Minecraft, yeah. you know, like it's always been a thing, um, at least as long as the technology has allowed it to be a thing. But like there's these social platforms. So I know you're a huge futurist, yeah. um, but for me, like yes. the future of social, um, like it's totally like it, it's immersive, right? It's it's virtual reality. Like it, it's a place where we're gathering, but actually gathering, you know, where we have our digital avatars. Social media is already like an extension of us. And for me, like mm. social media, um, it, it's going to look more like something like Ready Player One. So can you talk a little bit about what your ideology is, what you think the future of social media is going to look like? Um, as I think we're aligned, but even yeah. if we're not, I just want to hear like your your thoughts on that yeah absolutely man so um okay so this is what i think i think that i find it very hard to believe that in like the next 10 years 15 20 years whatever we're still gonna be having smartphones to look down on which are basically like if you really think about it they're like these pieces of glass 
that have computers that are more advanced than the president of the United States did that than the president of the United States had 20 years ago. And there are these pieces of glass that emit different colored LED lights that we receive <laughs> from our eyes to emulate sort of the digital world. What I think is going to happen is there is not going to be a separation between the digital world and real life. And what I'm saying is that kid who is being bullied at school, who doesn't have any friends, and the only time that he gets to just kind of calm down and kind of be in the zone is when, I don't know, he plays Fortnite on his iPhone with his digital friends. That is going to go from you know what it is today to him literally being in Fortnite, to him literally hanging out with his friends in quote unquote real life and look like real life, but you know, no, they dude, are not geographically. Can you talk, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, can you talk yeah, no a little bit about like, um, um, cause I love the, what you say about being in Fortnite. So we've got virtual reality, right? But maybe even like, okay, I'm at school, but I'm still in Fortnite, you know? So like aug- more augmented or mixed reality. Um, what's the difference there? And like, do you see that being a thing? Like here's this MMO, like our, our my world yeah. looks like Minecraft, but it's actually real life. And I'm actually, honestly, like what is real life? Do we go to- <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> go so better here, but like talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and exactly. And and like, you know, what'll happen in a broader context is just, you know, real life is going to become relative. Mm. Like uh, there's this quote and it says from another futurist, I'm blanking on the name, but it's reality is going to become a relative term. Mm. And I think the biggest thing to understand um, is that, you know, if you look right now at the at the biggest tech companies that have the most amount of money and funds, they are every single one of them is working on some kind of... 3D augmented mixed reality, some kind of a software device. Like that's why, you know, all the newest iPhones have um, like those 3D cameras. Uh, Apple has AR kit. If you just look at their entire ecosystem of what they're doing of like, you know, making AirPods where they're just like in your ear and you kind of forget they're there. And then you can, you know, I got the new ones where you can switch to noise canceling Mm -hmm. and then you can switch to transparent mode. And so, and then you look at Amazon, Amazon's creating, um, they have this developer kit called Sumerian. And, you know, now I'm getting Amazon ads of saying, Hey, before you buy something, you can pull up your phone and you can see if it's going to fit in your house or you can see whatever, Mm. um, literally almost every single one of the biggest tech companies that are going to be able to bring this into the world are already working on it. And, you know, mixed reality is basically like, you know, you're going to have the ability to, either hop on glasses or contact lens or, um, you know, some kind of a, a sort of a transparent headset where, you know, you're going to be able to walk around normally in, in real life like you do. And then whether it's, you know, you say, hey, Siri, switch, or you say whatever, um, you will basically be in a half digital, half uh, real life world. The best example of this is Pokemon Go because mm-hmm. it went mainstream. And this is kind of what got people sort of to, to think about AR um, and its feasibility in the first place. And it's like, you know, eventually like, you know, uh, you know, buttons and TVs and anything that has a screen is going to be replaced by mixed reality. And then, you know, sort of the 360 degree version of that is just being solely in a virtual world. And you look at who's the biggest developer player right now, depending on who you ask, it's Oculus, which is owned by Facebook. Facebook already is the world's biggest social media platform. They're working on like hardcore virtual reality 
what do you think is going to happen next? They're going to take their digital platform and literally make it into real life. And so you begin to sort of connect these dots together. And the future of our existence is something going to be completely, completely different that I don't even think we can fathom today. And I think it's going to be a matter of like literally just overriding the way that we naturally existed through, you know, thousands of years, um, you know, us being bound by like these, these meat sacks, us being bound by like, you know, we've got this heart, we've got this brain that's really just trillions of cells and trillions of bacteria that are actually dictating our behavior. I think we're going to get to a point where we basically have existential independence, where if I want to, I could talk to you, we could have this podcast interview on the top of the Eiffel Tower while we're sipping lattes. And like, I don't know, we might play like some game where we ride unicorns and like, I don't know, try to shoot shoot zombies or something. I don't know. But it's like, that is that is the existence. And so the real, Dude, it's I think, it's question. It's becoming more connected, like, um, like more connected. Like just like when we were cavemen, like sitting across from each other, fully, fully like present, you know, like technology separates us or whatever, like um, whatever separates us. We're becoming more connected. We're on this big ass feedback loop to become yeah. real, like whatever, connected human beings again, dude. Like so freaking beautiful dude i i say all the time like the person that masters mr ar vr whatever you want to call it like whatever um version of that in terms of social media that's that's who's gonna win whether that's oculus or epic games you know like whoever like that that that's the future one thousand percent hands down people aren't ready for definitely dude definitely man and i i think a big big thing that i'm always considerate of is like a lot of people are looking at today's technology and then judging the concept of technology in and of itself. But you have to realize that like this stuff is still like super brand new. And so a lot of these tools are like super, super in alpha and beta. And yeah, they're going to have, you know, mess ups. They're going to have different kind of maybe potential negative feedback loops. But it's super important to understand that you know, technology is just man-made evolution. And you bring that back to the caveman example of us being totally present. I think it's going to come full circle and it's going to be just like that. Like a great example is like, you know, my parents, they left their home country to give me and my sister a better opportunity. What happens when we can all live together and not some country that's run by a certain government that has borders, that has certain rules, and you could just literally do whatever you want in sort of a safe environment. And so I think that's definitely the future, man. And I think whoever conquers, um, obviously it's going to be multiple different people, but whoever conquers mixed reality, virtual reality. um, And and again, all these exponential technologies are all linking together. So it's like, how are we going to be able to give the data into our headsets uh, at that rate of a speed and that much data that quickly? You know, that's going to require 5G. Well, how are we going to be able to... um, how are we going to be able to make sure that this is a peer-to-peer network and it's not a centralized system that can be bastardized as corrupted? Uh, blockchain. Uh, how are we going to make sure that people have maybe currency in the virtual world? You look at Facebook is starting their own. And, and so all these different things and artificial intelligence. And it's just like, I don't think anybody really has any idea um, of what's actually going on. But I think I told you this in our last interview, but I think what's going on, man, is like we're sort of an ant colony. Um, if you look at ants, ants are 
decentralized in the sense of there's individual ants, but they very much operate based on sort of a, a hive mind. And next thing you know, you know, this ant is doing that, this ant is doing that, and they're building an entire colony to serve mm-hmm. certain functions. And so I think this is all natural. And, you know, I think people often look at sort of like, you know, what's natural for us. What's well, like, dude, nothing we do today is natural. Like natural is you being out in the woods and yeah. a bear eating you and you starving to death. So it's like, you know, I think people have like sort of like this fantasization of like what's natural and, and like, you know, what's not and, and whatnot. And there's many different contexts in which that can be applied. But in terms of us evolving reality itself and our existence, I think this is very much just a part of evolution at a grand scale that's natural. And, you know, my personal belief is like, when you look at the universe, I personally think that humans are sort of the brains of the universe. I think everything in the universe has sort of been intelligently designed. And I think humans are the brains of the universe in terms of we are the species, we are the thing in this big existence that is actually going to move things forward because we are one of a kind, unlike any kind of force. And anything we do to evolve is natural in and of itself, even if it's made out of silicon or, or, or steel or whatever it is. Um, it's super, super important that we understand that. And, and because I think that bridges unity uh, together and it helps us kind of form a bigger community, which is, you know, what I really think life is, is all about, you know, sharing it with other people. Because, you know, if you don't have other people, it doesn't really matter what you do. You know, things can't even like, like value isn't even a thing without other people. Like if you're on this planet by yourself, and I don't know, you write the best book, you make the most money or whatever it is. It doesn't even matter without other people, man. So I think it's always going to come full circle to that. Dude, I love that, man. I honestly have no idea how we've got on any of these topics. But <laughs> I dig it. And like, dude, what I heard there is like, we're not, transhumanism isn't coming. We're already transhuman, man. Like we've already created ourselves. We've already created our realities. Um, and I know there's so much coming, dude, and I'm so excited for it. And I hope Everybody listening is excited for it. I love this. I love, love, love this conversation, dude. And I could talk to the future for fucking years. Um, but lastly, like where, where can people um, check out what you're working on? Where can people check out your stuff and what should they be excited for? Yeah, definitely. So uh, check out Humans 2.0, anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's all about self-development, human potential, um, some technology, but kind of in the in the perspective of what it means for us humans and as the individual living their daily life that have you know that has stuff to do and has to think about and probably the second thing that i would say is right now i mentioned at the beginning i'm working on this book that's all about social anxiety that's all about mental health that is all about how somebody can go uh, for people who struggle with this people who can go from you know being super shy not really having a personality to slowly becoming yourself and and getting into that identity. Um, And so if you're interested in that, go to my website, markmetry.com. And if you put your email in, I will notify you uh, when it's up and you're not going to get any kind of notifications other than that. So if that's of interest, hit me up and go to that website. Awesome, my man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. 